Hi, and welcome to Papaholics, the show where dad and daughter dish on pop culture over a drink. I'm Steve Hall. I'm Kate Hall. And how are you, Kate? I'm I'm good. <laughs> how are you, Steve? I'm fine. I'm drinking <laughs> uh, black coffee, you know, these midday oh. tapings. Ugh. Yeah, I'm on my... Um, my second cup of regular coffee and I say regular coffee because I started taking these like vitamin supplements that you put like into what your drink of choice, tea, water. I find it easier to drink it in coffee. The, I, I feel like they're working. The issue being it's like drinking a mouthful of dirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so nice. my first cup of coffee this morning had those in it and I like tried to mask it with some whipped cream on top and now because that that wasn't an enjoyable coffee now i'm like okay let me just do my regular my regular coffee (laughs) nice and what's that on your on your mug um this is a branded mug from your friends yoga studio in louisville kentucky if we have any listeners in louisville you should go she's an amazing amazing teacher yeah. And my, my cup, cup is my old Route 66 cup. The one that's seen better days, but we love it. <laughs> it's seen better days. We love it. And if you haven't you know, seen Route 66, please go. It's amazing. Um, you should take a trip. <laughs> you should take a trip. <laughs> All right. So, Kate, what pop culture have you absorbed? Um, so, I uh, last week watched the second season of Young Wallander, which just and this came is out called. On. Killer Shadow no. or something like that? Uh, Something like that. Young Wallander. Yeah. It's like a some fancy title. All right. So you I said can't... Netflix. Okay. Yeah. And so um, it's been a while since the first season came out. So for our listeners who can't recall, Young Wallander is a Swedish detective, I think. The thing about him is he's, he's a cool detective. So he, he has lots of empathy. He... I would say approaches all of his investigations as unbiased as possible, or he tries to anyways. So of course that, you know, that gets him in trouble because we all think that we're not biased at all. And of course we are. And obviously so, this is the young version of this character of Kurt Wallander, who is a much beloved literary world weary detective, memorably portrayed by Kenneth Branagh. And on yes. BBC uh, stuff. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so, in this season, Wallander is, I said, he takes on an investigation that could be linked to a crime that happened eight years ago. Is it a con- conspiracy? And what's going on with the new director of Wallander's unit? So, there's like lots of, you know, little side plots. How does it all come together? Is it all related, et cetera, et cetera? And I just really like how they, how it's written, how everything is shot. The second season's, a, it's, well, I, I can't, I feel like I can't say it's a lot heavier than season one, but it there is an added um, emotional thing because at the end of the first season, the last director of Wallander's unit was um, murdered. Um, and so, of course, Wallander feels like it's his fault and blah, blah, blah. So that plays uh, a part of it. But I really liked it. If you, if you, it's hard to say if you want an escape from reality because reality right now is just like, bleh. so and, you might not want to get into a serious right. uh, show like this. But if you feel like you need an escape that has nothing to do with you, 
then this is this is probably a good series if you like detective you like detective and i'm laughing because kate has cats that keep coming across this the cat, street. This cat will not leave me alone. <laughs> and I can see he like wants- paws sticking up in the air and whiskers. <laughs> he just wants to be a star. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Kurt Wall. It's Young Wallander. That's on Netflix. You said six mm-hmm. episodes, I think. Yeah, six or seven episodes. Okay. Uh, I recently watched something that Kate had talked about on a previous podcast, uh, Inventing Anna by uh, it's a Shondaland production and it's about the this con artist young female con artist who passed herself off as a German heiress Mm -hmm. and convinced uh, all these people in New York City uh, society to give her money to try to fund this big art foundation thing that she wanted to get going I have to say I found it addictive I was every night, you know, I wanted to keep going, see what was going to mm-hmm. happen next. I thought it was extremely well written. The scene that sticks in my mind that's representative of that was Anthony Edwards of ER fame plays a real life guy. That's uh, who that was. Yeah. Oh my God. A, a financier who gets involved in Anna's schemes. There's a scene where he's eating breakfast. The maid serves him breakfast. He's well off, obviously. And mm-hmm. you can just tell by the way the scene unfolds, just him like reading newspapers, eating breakfast, that he does this. He has the same breakfast every day. He does the same thing every day. And you come to understand that one reason that he maybe ignored some of his uh, normal filters in terms of Anna was that it was exciting. It was exciting to get involved with this young person. And their big dreams. And meanwhile, his own, he was having some issues with his own daughter who had been, you know, spoiled by her upbringing and was not able to commit to anything. I I thought that was, it was great, great writing. I did feel that the tone was inconsistent throughout the series that sometimes um, it was very light. Sometimes it was kind of dark. And then my biggest complaint was that I thought it was a great six episode series, but there mm-hmm. were nine episodes. It just <laughs> kept going on and on. Yeah. And, you know, you already know that she winds up in prison because the way it starts, I just felt like there could have been that it was padded and there was a lot of stuff that could have been lost and had a much more satisfying series. But that's yeah. me. Yeah, I kind of agree. It it was a little bit too long. I liked that we got uh, an inside look into her like circle, these people that, you know, thought that they knew her. But yeah, there was there's some stuff that really didn't need to be in there. And also somebody on the internet pointed out that the the journalist that is writing about Anna approaches her with a very sympathetic view. Yeah. Which, you know, and I thought it was a valid point. Like what would have happened if Anna was a a person of color? Would it have been as Mm. would she have had as much empathy? And so I thought that was an interesting thing to think about, too. The other thing I noticed that the series was about, it was really about female friendships and and relationships between her and her three friends her and the female journalist. And then also not a female friendship, but the the relationship between the female journalist and the defense attorney. 
So it's all about their relationships. And maybe, maybe Shonda Rhimes feels like you have to do that to make yeah. it more involving, more sympathetic to a female audience. I just felt like it went on too long. Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> and so you have read or watched something else? What, I what read, is it? okay. So I read Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And my notes say it's like reading an episode of Behind the Music, mm. like reading the transcript of uh, Behind the Music episode from VH1. Do y'all remember that? Am I... <laughs> Am I showing my age a little bit? I, it was always a, it would always show it always show a band and talk about the great success and then how drugs or partying yeah. or whatever led to their downfall, yeah. their beginnings, and then how you know whatever the demise, what they're doing now, that kind of thing. So, so basically, this book is about fictional band The Six and a uh, also fictional solo artist Daisy Jones who are kind of successful on their own but then you know some hotshot producer is like hey you guys should work together and then it ends up be, being like they form a band together it's a very Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks inspired mm-hmm. um like extremely extremely if you like Fleetwood Mac if you like all of the the uh, they can't see what I'm doing. All of this, this stuff. Hand motions. Um, Hand motions in the air. <laughs> around, <laughs> surrounding Fleetwood Mac and the relationships between the members and, you know, all of that stuff. You probably will like this book. It's a very quick read. It's not surprising, but it is pretty enjoyable. Also, if you're just a generally a music fan and you like to gossip feels like a weird word to say. But if you, if you, um, behind what the scenes look at the end behind the scenes relationships between the band members, not just like not sexual relationships, but just all like the dynamics between the band members, because of course, and rightfully so in Fleetwood Mac, Lindsay Buckingham, who is, who they all were very talented, yep. but Lindsay Buckingham likes to give himself a ton of the credit, right? So there's a character like that. There's uh, there's a couple of guys that are just, they just enjoy playing music. They just want to play music. They don't care about being famous, whatever, whatever. And then Daisy Jones is a very Stevie Nicks. Like there's something about her. You just want to be around her. You want to talk to her. You want to be like her, all that stuff. So yeah. So if you, I would say um, it's been out for a couple of years. I just got to it. If you need a if spring break is coming up, you need a beach read. This is a good one. It's not too, you don't have to think too hard about it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they're making a mini series of this. I can see why that would be. And it's Riley. Maybe. How do you say this gal's name? Riley. Co? Key? Yeah. K-E-O-U-G-H. Uh, I believe that's Elvis's great granddaughter. Granddaughter or great granddaughter. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I'm pretty that. sure. Let me Google it. <laughs> Because as we've established, I like to know this stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at a story and it says um, the author says she was inspired by Fleetwood Mac, a band in which real life romances between bandmates made it into the music. Quote, I kept coming back to that moment when Lindsey Buckingham watched Stevie Nicks sing Landslide, how it mm-hmm. looks so much like two people in love. And yet we'll never truly know what lived between them. 
I wanted to write a story about that, about how the lines between real life and performance can get blurred, about how singing about old wounds might keep them fresh. Yeah. Um, Wikipedia tells me that Riley Keough, I think is how you say it, is the daughter of Lisa Marie Presley and the granddaughter of Priscilla and Elvis Presley. Yeah. So rock royalty. Yeah, that can I can see her as Daisy Jones. That seems like a great casting choice. So maybe I'll watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't remember. Have I talked? I know I've talked about Song Exploder on the podcast. Have I talked about the Weezer episode? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. So recently uh, I drove down to Louisville uh, for some work stuff and see uh, Kate and uh, the grandson. And uh, I listened to Song Exploder, which is a podcast in which musicians talk about one song, how they got the idea, how they put it together, how they recorded it. And there's been some great ones, Dua Lipa, Cheap Trick, just a ton of, there was a great one where Danny Elfman was talking about writing the, the big song from Nightmare Before Christmas and how much of it was kind of from his experience at the time. So it's his life experience. So it, it's really cool. So I was listening to it and there was one with uh, Rivers Cuomo of Weezer talking mm-hmm. about his songwriting process. And it is just bonkers. Okay, normally (laughs) songwriters sit down with their instruments and they're fooling around and, okay, maybe they'll come up with some words, right? Uh, Maybe they'll come up with a melody, right? And then later they'll try to figure out words or like they'll write down some words and then later they'll go, huh, I wonder maybe if it would work, um, this melody would work with it. Okay, that's how normal people write songs. What Rivers Cuomo does is... (laughs) He writes down phrases, he overhears things he reads in books, uh, newspapers, anything that's an interesting phrase. He, he writes yeah. it down. He keeps an Excel spreadsheet of these with the okay. number of syllables and also which words you would emphasize if you sang it. Okay. And wow. then he, he goes, he listens to songs he likes on his playlist on Spotify. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, he listened to the song. I said, don't walk away, Renee. I'll have to look this up by the left bank. And he learned the chord progression, which he thought was interesting. So then he recorded himself playing that chord progression. Then he used an anagram to scramble the title. So he didn't know what the song was when he came back to it weeks later, months later. Okay. Right? <laughs> and so then he takes that chord progression that he can't remember what song it's from. And he just starts trying to come up with a melody. He comes up with a melody and then he goes to his Excel spreadsheet (laughs) of all the phrases and then tries to figure out, okay, what fits here? What fits there? And so it's not that listeners might hear this song and think there's a story there. There's something that inspired it in Rivers Cuomo's life. No, it's just (laughs) random stuff. (laughs) stuck together like a collage right i was gonna say it sounds like a musical collage yeah Um, and he weezer does things like to keep it fresh he gives like a he gives like a tape to their producer the producer has the other three members of weezer go in and practice mm -hmm. it figure out their parts before rivers cuomo ever hears what they're doing and can't go well that's not what i was thinking and then when they do the vocals they always have one period where they just stand at mics and make silly sounds, sing silly okay. phrases, 
Okay. <laughs> and the reason they do that was, River Cuomo said, because when you get to that point, uh, everybody's been working on this song so long and, and it doesn't, you're worried about losing the spontaneity. And so you go in and you do this and then you work that stuff into the song. I mean, it's just, it's just bonkers. So I wanted to, you know, if people are interested in finding uh, out about his process, it just, I just found it boggling, but it, and um, it describes his writing of a song called Summer Lane and Drunk Dory. And that came from, he was at his daughter's second grade uh, graduation party. Okay. And he hears these two teachers over talking. And the one says, oh, my husband's so glad when uh, school's over and I can relax. I'm no longer stressed. I'm Summer Elaine. Okay. Yeah. And then the other teacher said, well, my husband said, start enjoying myself with daiquiris and pina coladas and whatnot. And so he calls me <laughs> Drunk Dory. And so that's where the title <laughs> came from. So that's a song exploder. That's the Weezer episode, Summer Lane, Drunk Dory, which yeah. uh, I highly recommend if anyone's interested in a very, very unorthodox songwriting process. And I also think, didn't haven't they made Song Exploder into a, a series as well, like on Netflix? Or I think it's on, I'm pretty sure you're making a face like you haven't heard that. Hold on. It's probably, you're probably right. Hold I, on. One reason I'm making Netflix. a face, I'll say one reason I'm making a face <laughs> When you're listening to podcasts, you can concentrate, you know, totally on the sounds and hear things that maybe you don't normally would hear in a finished song. Whereas if you've got imagery with that, I think it would be a little distracting. Yeah. It wouldn't be as as powerful. There's two, they say volumes, two volumes of it. So it's like seasons, one, two, three, four, like four episodes a season. So they've got REMs on there. Dua, Miss Dua's on here, The Killers, Nine Inch Nails. So so if you don't want to do, if you don't do podcasts, then you can watch the episodes. Watch an episode on and Netflix. Vice and vice versa. <laughs> so what else have you, uh, anything else you've been consuming? Um, not really. I I can't even remember what the name of the book I have. I started a new, like a book of, it's basically like short stories, but I got it at half price books. I can see the cover in my mind, but I can't tell you who wrote it or <laughs> what the title is. So more to come on that. Um, Cause I'm not very <laughs> far into it. It's like a, that's like an on my lunch break situation. And let's see. I just started reading the near witch, which I think entertainment weekly named is like a, a young adult novel of the year, the year, year it was reissued. I'm I'm not very far into it. It's good. The author writes, you know, there are books that you, this was my first novel. He wrote it when he was like still in college in a coffee shop and he released it and uh, didn't go anywhere because it's just the way publishing is. And so he went on to write 14 other novels that have been successful. Oh, wow. And then people kept saying, what about, what was your first novel? And so then it was released and became this huge success. So that was pretty cool. Mm, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So I'll, t- uh, I'll have more to talk about that on a future episode, I'm sure. Cool. Well, as far as going back to music, let's see. What have I been listening to? The Secret Sisters, mm. who I think are actually sisters in real life. It's kind of folky, really great harmonies. We've had some of their songs on um, 
some of the mixes that you've put together before. So I've been listening to them. Um, and then Florence and the Machine just released a new single last week. And I think it's the her first, I say her because of Florence Welch, you know, it's Florence, but also let's not forget the machine. <laughs> I think it's her first single in like three years or something like that. It's good. I miss, I always say Florence and the Machines, like one of my ride or die. Like I, I don't get sick of ever listening to her, but it's been a, a while since anything new has come out. So I'm excited to see where the new music goes once that picks up. That's really it. <laughs> well, I've been listening to a, a very weird mix. Jonathan Richmond, who has just some very, I, I love him because he's, he's sweet and goofy, but good songs. There was one about parties and how nobody parties like they used to. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, we're all tired. <laughs> we're all tired. And then uh, there's a band called Lawrence who popped up on my algorithm feed one day. And I became intrigued because they look super young. And then I looked up them on Wikipedia and they're the kids of Mark Lawrence, I think is the guy's name, who was the writer and or director of the Miss Congeniality movies and has done a bunch of other stuff. Okay. And so... His, the, the, the son, I can't think of his name at the moment, Clyde. Clyde, how could you forget that? Um, <laughs> he's like a music, musical prodigy. And he wrote one of the songs that uh, was used in Miss Congeniality, the beauty pageant theme song, when he was five. Okay. Wow. <laughs> right. And so he, he plays a bunch of instruments. And um, then his younger sister, Gracie, she's got incredible pipe she's just endearingly goofy um i i'm so not sure is this like rock music it's sort of like it? it's sort of like a mix between pop and soul and funk i guess you would okay. say i'll put them on the i'll put them on the playlist but on in our newsletter uh i have a link to a video by this icelandic band and I can't pronounce their name, so I'm not even going to try. But the song is called <laughs> "The Song Is Called Think About Things," and the deal was it was uh, they were uh, in the 20 they were going to be in the 2020 Eurovision Song Contest. Okay, same you know multi nation musical competition that gave us ABBA and Celine Dion, and then yeah. COVID COVID hit, so they they didn't get to do their song at the at the thing, but then it became this viral hit. They are, I guess, endearingly goofy is like my phrase right now, because these guys, they are uh, sort of revel in their nerdiness, <laughs> is how, how to say it. And like these lead singers, like six foot nine, he's freakishly tall. In the video, they're all wearing these uh, like Christmas sweaters with their faces. Each person has their own face on their sweater. <laughs> And then they okay. start doing these dance moves. It is just silly as all get out, but I like it. So, Dothy. <laughs> I think it's Dothy Frere. Maybe. So. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> listeners will go, boy, this is the most weird playlist we've ever heard. From listeners will go, stupid Americans. Why can't they pronounce <laughs> words? Uh, they can't pronounce words. All right. <laughs> So, Kate, where can people find us? 
People can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Papaholics Podcast, uh, on Twitter at Papaholics, and then uh, they can shoot us an email to papaholicspodcast at gmail.com with uh, recommendations for streaming, listening, reading. Uh, if there's an easier way for me to get down these dirt vitamins, <laughs> recipes, if you will. <laughs> If they have any thoughts about that, I'm more than welcome to hear them. Uh, yeah. Okay, then. All right. Well, uh, for Steve Hall, for Steve Hall, for Papaholics, <laughs> I'm Steve Hall. I'm Kate Hall. Go out and enjoy pop culture. Bye. Bye.